Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 23 years. By day, I'm a process analyst in the power industry, and by night, I'm an author, blogger, and virtual assistant. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had type 1 for 7 years. I love hiking and painting, and I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 19 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, Jesse is walking us through what it's like for her to work retail as a type 1 diabetic including working Black Friday this year. And just a quick reminder for our audience, any questions you have about type one or the show, please leave us a comment or email at colleen at inspiredforward.com. We will answer listener questions in future episodes. So to start off our win, fail, and hack of the week, Jesse is up with the win. All right. So this week I put on my sensor. I know that sounds really small, but ever since I put on my sensor a couple of days ago, my blood sugars have been under 150. So that makes me feel really good about myself. I'm like really, really happy, but it's made me feel really happy. Even though it's like one of those small things, it's just, it made me feel really good. And it makes me feel a lot healthier too, knowing that I have that ability and the technology to do so. That's awesome. Congratulations. And I am up with the fail this week. So a couple nights ago, I woke up to Tim, my husband telling me that I kept vibrating and he was talking about my pump. And it turns out that sometime in the middle of the night, my pump had moved from one side of my sports bra that I sleep in to the other side. And I have no idea if that happened because the sensor is on one side and, you know, it doesn't work when it's on the other side away from the sensor. So it lost contact with the sensor for about an hour and 15 minutes. And my blood sugar was fine, but it was not having that hour and 15 minutes that made the, the pump mad. So that was my fail this week. I'm very sorry. So our diabetic hack this week is from me. I just wanted to talk about this for all of the young girls out there, or boys, you never know, who wear dresses or skirts and have insulin pumps. So when wearing a dress with an insulin pump, there's a couple of different places that you can hook your insulin pump when wearing shorts and a bra. So you could hook it on the inside of your bra on the strap, in the padded part, and if you're wearing shorts underneath your dress in your inner waistband, so then it kind of conceals it a little bit better. Of course, it's always noticeable because of the bump around, you know, maybe tighter fitting dresses, you never know. Or another option to consider is getting a garter, which is a band that wraps around your leg. And it's often used in like weddings and holding up like tights or something, but it's always, you know, a good option. They do make them. There are products on Amazon too that are fairly cheap you can get. And then another option is, and this is one I've recently discovered, is getting one of those running bands meant for your phones that hook onto your arm and just sticking your pump in there and then wearing the dress, you know, with it, around it, if your pump cord can reach that long, depending whether it's on your thigh, your stomach, your booty, or your arm or whatever, wherever it is, just, you know, these are some options that I've learned throughout the years that always help me. Those are good tips. When I was younger and I had a pair of bike shorts that fit me really well, I, um, there, I, I put my pump in the small of my back because there was like a little pocket there and nobody could like ever see that I had a pump on because it was concealed right there. 
So the rest of this episode is Jesse talking about retail. Let's dive in. Yes. Okay. So I kind of split this episode up into three or four different parts just so I can break down what retail is, how it affects me as both a diabetic and as my first job too. So a couple of things that I'd wish I'd known before I started, diabetic related and not, is that I wish I knew that I need to carry snacks and be over prepared for those lows that really don't come up, those lows that hit really quickly, and lows in general when you're working on the floor or just walking around a lot or even just working in general. You always want to check your blood sugar before you go on shift. This is a trick and a tip that I've learned and experienced every time I go into the store where I work at is that to prevent my blood sugar from going low or super high, I have to check and just to be sure I'm in the good range and that I don't need to do anything beforehand or I can catch a low before it happens. Another trick is that if you have a locker or a workstation, hide your snacks in there. Always ask, let your boss know. Don't ask them. Just blatantly tell them, hey, look, I need to keep my snacks here or else I'm going to die. The choice is yours. So that's kind of what I did. Not exactly that blatantly before because my bosses kind of scare me. So they do know that I have stuff there and they're not, they don't have any problems with it. They're just like, do what you need to do. Make sure you're happy and healthy. We're not too worried about it from there. And then even though you think you might not be working out on your feet, just walking around, your blood sugar can go down really, really fast. I noticed this a lot within my first week is that I'm a cashier. So I just stand there a lot and don't really do anything. But my blood sugar kept going down really quickly and it wouldn't come back up for like 20, 30 minutes. So I always had to, you know, have those snacks with me, have those extra minute, two minute test breaks in between my shifts and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, you may not think you're working out, but just standing somewhere or just moving around a little bit can really lower your blood sugar on an empty stomach too. So here's a trick that I can apply to literally every situation in my life. You may think you're prepared, and then all of a sudden you're not. So within the first two weeks of me working, I carried around a snack bag. I carried around this and that and everything that I needed possible for me to function in the workplace. And then one day I stopped carrying everything around because I didn't need all of it. But as soon as I stopped carrying those things around, I went low and then I went screaming high. So I was prepared until I wasn't prepared. So just because you think you might have a system down or you want to change something, just think it through just for those just in case moments. And then my next tip is to have a bulk of snacks, not just what you think you might need, but what you're actually going to need. So again, this is Going back to being prepared, I always get those Costco-sized bags and boxes of snacks, and those will last me about a month, depending on what the weather's like, what my blood sugars are like, what I'm eating, what, how much I'm exercising. But, you know, I'm always over-prepared. That's a big key in this, is to be over-prepared. And then another couple of things that I'd wish I'd known is that breaks are really important, and just because you feel like you might not need a break at the moment, be sure and take it just in case to get that extra energy and that like extra minute and a half that you might think you need, even though you don't feel like you need it. So another thing that I'd wish I'd known is that some people with 
terrible personalities have the nicest faces. And I mean this in the nicest way. For me, I work in retail, so I do see this a lot more than you would expect. But people are not always going to be nice. They may seem nice, they may look nice, but then they walk out 20 minutes later with three pairs of jeans that they just stole. So it checks and balances. Make sure you're always on your guard for like working and stuff like that. But you know, it's okay to have fun and, and be nice to people, but just know that there are those few that kind of ruin the moment for you. And then another thing that I'd wish I'd known is that you meet a lot of great people. And to contradict my other point, the, my coworkers, my bosses, they're all really cool and they're all really nice. And the fact that they let me do what I need to do to stay healthy, do what I need to do to protect my blood sugar my insulin pump, they're all really understanding with it, which is really nice to see. And they're all very mature and, you know, more adult about it than, you know, at high school and stuff like that. So it was really cool. And I, I wish I'd known that before, because if I would have known that, I would have gotten a job sooner, to be honest. Another thing when you're working retail, and I wish I'd known this sooner, is to have a good pair of shoes. I know this might not sound like a, like a big deal. You might not have a pair of like thick insulated shoes, that have that really good comfort and support. But if you're going into retail and you think you might be working on your feet a lot, please have a good pair of shoes because my feet hurt so badly when I just wear like Converse or like, you know, Nike loose support shoes. My last thing that I wish I'd known before I got a job was to always bring water and always have a water bottle. I actually had a good size water bottle when I started working there. And I would bring it in on my shift, but then I got a bigger one because I kept going through so much water. And there is a reason behind this that I will get into later. And Colleen, did you want to add anything to this? I did actually want to add that you're right on about meeting great people. And it's not just in retail settings. I think I meet so many great people where I work in a corporate setting. And I love all of the people I work with, even though some of them can be a little bit difficult or have interesting reputations at work, they're still all amazing people. And that also goes for our clients and for people I don't see on a daily basis. So coworkers that maybe work in our East Coast office, I think that you have the opportunity to meet amazing people no matter where you are, not just in retail. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then this list is shorter. This is my next section on what I've learned so far. And I say so far because you can never stop learning and there's always something new to learn. And, you know, learning is, is growth. So I, I never stop learning. And this is just some stuff that I've, I've learned. What I learned, you are your own best advocate, meaning you're the one who needs to tell your bosses, hey, these are my hours. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. And you know your limits better than anybody else. And you have to tell your bosses that or whoever you're working for, because if not, they'll push you to your limits and beyond, which isn't okay. Um, the next thing is that people can be very rude without knowing it. I actually have a story behind this one. And Colleen doesn't know this one, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see her reactions on this. I had a gentleman come up with his daughter. And his daughter was around my age, 16, 17 years old, and she went to go grab a candy bar. And so what he did was he clearly didn't want to get it, which, you know, you could say, hey, I really, I, not tonight, or we're going to go home and eat dinner, you know, because I work night shifts mostly. So this was just very rude. Anyways, so she grabs a candy bar, she brings it up, and he looks at her, 
and he looks at the candy bar, and then he looks at me and back at the girl and says, you better go put that back or else you might get that diabetes, bad word. And me standing there, I, I didn't really know what to say and didn't know if I should just start crying right then or go on my break and cry. So he said that she looks so sad and so hurt. But the main point about the story is he didn't know he was being rude. I didn't have on like a diabetic t-shirt or anything like that. So he had no idea that, you know, I'm type one diabetic and this has been my life for the last eight years. And, you know, diabetes isn't really something you get from sugar so much. Hmm. Where does that come into play at in our first episode or every episode we've ever talked about? Anyways, so basically diabetes doesn't come from sugar. This man didn't know what he was talking about. I was nice but very curt and asked him to go quickly, please. So he had no idea that he was being rude to me, but I kind of just sucked it up and I wanted to tell him off very, very harshly that I was diabetic and that that's not how you get diabetes or anything like that. But I didn't because I would have gotten fired. And this leads me into my next point of what I've learned. Not everyone knows what diabetes is, even though your coworkers, your friends, and your family might. So what I've learned is that even though I'm surrounded by people daily on, on like every aspect of my life, that my parents know I'm diabetic, my friends know I'm diabetic, everyone who I hang out with knows that I'm diabetic and knows what it is, how it works, because it's important to me that they know. But not everyone out in the world does. They have that one great-grandparent who was diabetic, then he passed away when they were five or six. So they don't know what it is. But, you know, this is why we're kind of doing this podcast is to raise that awareness and everything. So we're doing what we can, but not everyone is going to know right off the bat you're diabetic. So I just want to add here that what Jesse is talking about is absolutely true. Because one of my coworkers, his son was diagnosed as type one over Thanksgiving break. When I sent out an email that he, he responded to it and asked for resources because he'd heard that I do education and outreach. So that was really nice that doing this podcast, talking about it, making sure everybody knows about it, you open up avenues to help people that maybe don't know it yet. So keep talking about it. There's a lot of stuff I've learned, but here are some of the things that I kind of already knew and kind of learned along the way too. So my first point is on what I know now. Always drink water. I mentioned this before in things that I wish I'd known before I started working, but this kind of plays into this. So always drink your water. Drinking water means you're staying hydrated. And if someone says something rude to you or something that you don't want to hear, just take a drink of water and, you know, swallow your pride and don't say anything. Just, just drink your water. and It'll be good. One thing that I know now is that there is a lot about life that I don't know. And this is very true. I've been told this my entire life, ever since I was like two, three years old. And it really kind of set in when I started working retail because I don't know what's going on in someone else's life. And I don't know why they're screaming at me over, you know, $2. That $2 could be their next meal. And I have no idea about it. So always try and be courteous and maybe a little understanding to a different side of a scenario that you might not know of. I would like to add here that even though I'm 10 years older than you, I still don't know everything. Exactly. Not everyone knows everything. Everybody who is an adult is just pretending to be an adult. They have no idea what they're doing. 
That makes me feel so much better about the future. Good. Okay. And then my next point is not everyone will be happy. Again, this is something I've been told my entire life and it really set in through retail and through working with different people and strangers that I have no idea who they are, what they are, what they do for a living or why they are unhappy. To me, it's just someone, you know, who's unhappy, grouchy and yelling at me. But to them, it could be so much more like family members in the hospital, someone died, someone got a bad grade on a test. You just don't know. Another thing is you may think your blood sugars are going to be right on fine, the same as you are at home. But once you get a job, your blood sugars will go up and down on a daily basis, meaning they're not going to be as much in control as you think they might be. Just be prepared for the unexpected. And then another thing that I kind of knew but learned was that there are many people with conflicting personalities in the world, meaning my coworker, who is also a cashier, doesn't like my boss, but you know, they still have a functioning worker relationship where they get a lot of stuff done and they're both very productive, but they just might not get along so great. So here's some stuff that is non-diabetic related, but is also very applicable to retail. Stealing is very common. So it's, that's probably a shock to a lot of people just because, you know, you don't see the stealing as much. But we probably have two, three, four people come in every night who look suspicious, have those big bags that are empty, big bag, and then they're filled up by the time they walk out of the store and they didn't buy anything. So it's common, but there isn't much we can do about it. But if you see something, please tell someone, anybody, even if they don't seem to know what they're doing, they can always let other people know or somebody else know what's going on. And then people are people. They're going to do what they want to do. Sometimes they're not going to listen to, you know, advice and other things that people say to them like, oh, you should get these jeans and they get the opposite ones or, you know, something like that. They're always just going to do what they want, which is, it's fine. You guys be you. I have no problems with it, but you, you know, just no problems unless you're stealing. Oh, one thing that I've learned is don't spend all of your money where you work. So for me, oh, Colleen's laughing. Okay. <laughs> I'm laughing um, because if I worked at a bookstore, I would never take home a paycheck. Oh yeah. That'd be very hard. So for me, this was kind of hard to learn, especially during the Christmas season, because I really want to spend all of my money on my family and my friends on this, you know, these really cool things that we sell at the store. And I get such a great discount that, oh, I might as well, but I really shouldn't. You know, you can't spend all of your money on stuff that you want right now. You have to save up and, you know, save up for that house you might want in the future. Save up for your college education that you might get in a couple of years, you know. It's always good to have that spending money and always put aside some so you can spend it and have fun with it. But just know you should be putting a lot of it towards savings, which also goes into have proper finances, meaning save most of your money, and put it towards a bigger goal. College, a car, house, insurance, you know, bills, stuff like that where you're going to need that money to spend on a bigger goal or a future goal that you have. So because I'm obsessed with personal finance, one of the biggest things to start out with is an emergency fund. So even if you're still a teenager and you're still living with your parents, you should build up your own like mini emergency fund, maybe a thousand dollars, and then just don't touch that at all. 
And once you're on your own and you have a real job, quote unquote, real job, when you have a regular job, you're out of college and you're like 401k and all that, then you need to work on saving up three to six months of living expenses. And that, that number gets a lot bigger when you're type one diabetic. So you got to think about that when you're a diabetic and you're working. True. I even have an emergency fund right now. Another thing leading into this is have a backup plan for when all of your money runs out or when you have to spend it all on an emergency, meaning that emergency fund might be really important in the future. So just be sure to always have that. Also, this one's diabetic related. My final one that I could think of before we recorded was don't be surprised if your snacks disappear in one day. This plays back to being overprepared and, you know, prepared for everything. My snacks one day, I came in with five fruit snacks and I left with one. That's how many times I went low that day or needed help with just standing there scanning clothing, saddles, stuff like that, and then going low and walking away because I'm low and I need to eat something. That's all of the stuff that I kind of knew but was reinforced with retail. That last one, that's why I have Smarties literally everywhere. So not just five rolls in my pocket, but whole bags full. It's because it is a necessity for us. Let's hear what you got on Black Friday. <laughs> oh God, I have so much stuff. Okay, I had to limit myself on this section. So recently it was Black Friday for us. And here are some of the highlights and lowlights that I got to see and experience throughout my day. So the highlights was I got to work in my pajamas all day for my first 12-hour shift. We got to listen to Christmas music all day, which was a lot of fun. And I got like two free cups of coffee from our break room, which never happens. I kid you not, literally never happens. It was so great. And it just, it made my day. And hopefully I made someone smile that day. So one of my other highlights was that my blood sugars were spot on all day, which relieved a lot of stress from working, you know, getting up at 3.30, being at work at 4, working till 4 in the afternoon. So it, it was really, really good for me because I didn't go low. I didn't go high. I stayed in that 150, 200 range, which is where I was planning on being all day anyways. But, you know, it didn't help out that much because I didn't have my sensor on. So I really couldn't tell you like, oh, my blood sugar didn't go up, you know, from one to two in the afternoon or, oh, it didn't drop down slightly. But for what I saw testing my blood sugar on my breaks and my lunch break and all that stuff, it, it really stayed within my good range that I wanted to. A highlight is that I had a fresh thing of insulin. So I ran out of insulin on Thanksgiving. So I knew my pump was full of insulin, which we mentioned the story in the last episode. So if you want to go back and listen to me rant about how I didn't get pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving, be sure to listen to our last episode. But yeah, I did have a fresh bottle of insulin and a fresh Mio site that I knew was working. So I wasn't worried at all. And that really helped. So I actually, the night before I went to Safeway, Thanksgiving night, and I got myself one of those big, extra large box milk cartons of Whoppers. And I took that to work with me and I set it next to me and I told my boss, I have to eat these if I go low and I'm sorry, but I might not be able to talk to some customers because I'm eating. He was completely fine with it. His wife's diabetic and, she, you know, that's super awesome and stuff. So he totally got you know, why I needed to eat and everything. So that was really nice for me. So here's one of my lowlights. 
when I had to pull out my pump and when I had to eat, people got mad very, very quickly. And I couldn't tell if this was because it was five o'clock in the morning or if they just didn't think I was paying attention to them because I was on my phone in quotes. Oh, 100%. It was the second one. Yeah. Again, that just plays into people not being knowledgeable about type 1 diabetes and what an insulin pump looks like or is. I mean, a couple of years ago, I had a French teacher call my insulin pump a pager, and she almost confiscated it from me before I could actually tell her that I'm type 1 diabetic. I've had some people ask me if I'm wearing a pager, and I was at a ladies Bible study the other night, and I put down my phone on the table to pull out my pump because I keep my pump in my bra, and one of the ladies sitting next to me, she's like, how many phones do you have? Before she realized that it was not a phone, but an insulin pump. Not a phone. Nope. So another low light was all day that day. I just wanted to crawl back into bed and go to sleep because this was the first time that I had to get up before 8.30 in the morning, the day after Thanksgiving. So usually I sleep in. That day, I did not sleep in. I had to get up at 3.30. I was at work by 4, and I worked 12 hours, and I pulled it off somehow. I have no idea how. I really, really almost took a nap in my car before I went home, but I I just went home. It was a five-minute drive. It, It was okay. I was great. I was a safe driver. I was very cautious, and although the day was really stressful that day, I had a ton of fun. Everyone had such a great time. We got free food. I got a lot of snacks. I got to meet some really fun people. There were a lot of really nice, really great people. And, you know, a couple of those like bad ones, bad meaning, you know, stressed out, tired, hangry, a little rude, a little snappy. But, you know, I had a great day that day and I'm not going to let those few people ruin what was so fun for me. And that's it. That's all I got. Awesome. I'm I'm proud of you for having brave Black Friday and actually having gotten through it with your blood sugars being good. Yeah, that really surprised me. I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting to be like 47 two hours in and I was fine. <laughs> so now that we're done talking about retail and Black Friday, we have some diabetes in the news for you. So this just in yesterday, or maybe it was today, and when I say that, I'm talking about when we recorded this, which is in the middle of December. Diabetes may be more likely among babies born prematurely, and this is an excerpt from the article that we'll link to in the show notes. Premature babies may be more likely to develop diabetes at some point in their life than other babies, according to researchers. A U.S. trial has shown babies born before 37 weeks are 21% more likely to develop type 1 diabetes and 26% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes within the study time period. The trial involved gathering health data from nearly 4.2 million babies born in Sweden from 1973 to 2014, and the researchers went on to monitor most of them until they turned at least 22. The findings showed that 0.7% of the babies, representing 27,512, in the research developed type 1 diabetes and 0.1%, which was 5,525 participants, were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. The risks of developing a form of diabetes between the ages of 18 and 43 were 24% more likely for premature babies developing type 1 and 49% more likely for developing type 2, end quote. So this is really important because preemies are more likely to happen when the mother is overweight or obese. And as we keep hearing, obesity is kind of an epidemic in the U.S. So probably part of the fix for this problem would be to reduce the occurrences of obesity. And we've we've all heard that before. 
Okay, our question for you guys this week is, what was your best experience on Black Friday? Whether staying in your pajamas or going out enjoying the discounted items. So just let us know, send us a comment, send us a shout out, you know, whatever you got to do to get our attention and let us know. My best Black Friday experience is not going out on Black Friday. I 100% shop for my computer and then I don't go outside. I wish. That's it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 19. That's the number 19. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, please leave us a comment or send an email. You can get straight to our podcast page by going to thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade and our audio wizard is my husband, Tim. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. And I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts since that really helps other people find us in the iTunes charts and stuff. Be sure to listen in next week when we talk with our guest Alexa Brenner about what happens when type 1 diabetes and celiac collide. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.